Good morning. It's a privilege to be here with you today. Thank you, Amy, for inviting me. I always love being in this historic and sacred space, though being in the pulpit where so many great pastors, theologians, and writers have stood is somewhat terrifying. (laughs) On occasion, I've stood in the pulpit of my home church down the street, First United Methodist, which is daunting in another way. It's where my dad often stood. Yes, I'm a PK. So today I remember his advice and that of others and hope my words will convey the gratitude I feel for allowing me this opportunity to serve God here and in the world. I'm privileged to work for and with those struggling to put food on the table and others working to alleviate hunger in our state. I believe that addressing hunger and its underlying causes is a moral imperative today and every day. And I took that from the readings. Though the readings today were quite varied, giving thanks for the food we have, acknowledging what we need to do and why we do it was the common thread for me. Giving thanks acknowledging what we need to do and why we do it. From Deuteronomy to Philippians to the gospel, and that's what I hope we can think about, not only for the next few minutes, but as we leave here today and go into the world. In Deuteronomy, we read, You together with the Levites and aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. In Philippians, Paul writes, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if if there is anything worthy of praise, keep about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. And in John, Jesus tells the disciples, For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. As he goes on to say, I am the bread of life. So with whom do we share our bounty? Not just people like us but with the Levites and the aliens, or as we translate, the strangers or the foreigners. Deuteronomy is filled with references to foreigners and strangers, and in every law I found, we are told to give food to the stranger or foreigner. I'm so thankful to work in in an arena where we can do this. One of the programs of the Arkansas Hunger Relief Alliance is the Arkansas Gleaning Project, named after a biblical practice where we gather or receive crops left in the field by farmers after the harvest. They may have been missed if harvesting was done mechanically, or they have been misshapen or flawed in a way that made them less desirable to sell. Since its inception just over a decade ago, 
we've gleaned 10 million pounds, 10 million pounds of fresh produce, which grow, goes directly to food banks, then pantries, for distribution to those in need. From tomatoes, sweet potatoes, eggplants, and watermelon, to okra, corn, pears, turnips, and more, we collect this produce using volunteers and distribute it along with recipes from our Cooking Matters program to families who can use it. We've seen this program change, and today we have 14 gardens across the state where we go grow produce for the community and expect to have more partners for this endeavor soon. Our gleaning program was one of the first in the nation, and it helps meet the need and desire for fresh produce. A few years ago, a state senator told us he had calls from a senior who split her pills to buy ground beef once every two weeks. He implored us to do something about it, and we did. We started the first program of its kind in the country where we accept both cash donations and donations of cows, then offer two-pound bags of ground beef through food pantries. This, this hasn't been easy, but by working with the governor and the legislature, we received $2 million last year to purchase cows through a community development block grant program. By working with ranchers, auction houses, and cattlemen and women, we're doing something that no one else is doing because no one should have to split their pills. Farmers and ranchers share their bounty with us, which we in turn share with others without judgment, without question. In Philippians, called by some the happiest book in the Bible, regardless of Paul's circumstances when he wrote it, I look at the passage we read as both a reminder that we know what to do and a call to action to do what is just. Think about whatever is true, whatever is just. And for us at the Alliance, whatever is just is critical. It's more than gleaning. It's more than a food drive, though that's important. It's that next step of what is just. And that's the step too often we don't take. We have the privilege of being the lead partner in Arkansas of the No Kid Hungry campaign, one of whose main components is to expand school breakfast. We know that eating a good breakfast improves performance in school, decreases trips to the nurse and principal, improves attendance, and more. We think everyone should get breakfast in school, just like you get books and a desk, and receiving it in the classroom removes the stigma. I'm proud of the No Kid Hungry campaign and our team. Because of this and our partners, including the Department of Ed and the Governor, school nutrition directors and superintendents, Arkansas is in the top 10, and in this case, top 10 is good, 
with almost 70% of the students who qualify receiving a school breakfast. But there's still 138,000 Arkansas kids struggling with food insecurity. At the beginning of test week, school districts often send notes home reminding parents to make sure their, their kids eat a good breakfast. Now, one of the largest school districts, along with that note, there was a second note that said if you're behind on your meal payments, your kids wouldn't get any meals that week. To me, justice is taking a small bite of the Arkansas surplus and using it to do away with reduced price meals. Justice is what happened in Colorado two weeks ago, where almost 57% of the voters voted for a measure to make school meals free, helping not only those children who qualify for a reduced price meal, but those who don't qualify, yet the cost of those meals put a severe strain on their families. Food drives and backpacks are not enough. Do what is just. When we testified on behalf of low-income Arkansans and asked the legislature not to enact a law narrowly defining what could be purchased with SNAP, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, formerly called food stamps, I got calls and emails saying, how dare you? I got a call that said, you have to quit feeding them or I'll do something. And then she finished that call by saying, God bless you. What's just is an end to demonizing the poor. What's just is a living wage. For the last eight months, I've had the privilege of leading the governor's food group, working group on food deserts. This is the most intense project I've worked on in years and one of the most exciting. My state rep, Tippy McCullough, and I visited the governor earlier this year and asked him to create a task force to address food deserts and the shrinking access Arkansans have to nutritious food. He said, yes, and you can be in charge. I admit I was a little like the dog who caught the car. Now what do I do? But this amazing group has worked together outside their silos and with egos set aside to learn what communities are doing across the country and will share our findings and recommendations with the governor on December 16th. Food deserts exist all across our state and we know that they disproportionately affect minority communities. We know that they contribute to health-related illness, including obesity, hypertension, and diabetes. And we know it's a solvable issue. Several of us recently took a field trip to Drew, Mississippi, a small town of just under 2,000 people, over 70% black, with a large percentage of the population living under the federal poverty line, and no grocery store since 2012. What we saw was inspiring. 
Drew isn't going to get a brick and mortar grocery store back, but one community leader inspired townspeople to come together and they've launched an online ordering and delivery system called Goods, where orders are placed, picked up at a store about 20 miles away, and delivered to a previously vacant armory, which has been retrofitted with freezers, coolers, and shelving located in the heart of the town. If you don't have broadband or a car to get to the armory, the workers come to your home. Community leaders met with us and told us the positive impact this is having on their community. One Arkansas mayor accompanied us on the trip, and she's already working with other mayors to try to implement this in their community. Not all solutions look alike. From mobile grocery stores in rural areas to city-owned groceries to online ordering and delivery and more. How exciting that we have all learned and received, but we must implement solutions to do justice. From Amos and Isaiah and Micah to the New Testament, we are called to do justice. And now we switch gears for a moment to the third reading, the gospel, where we hear of a different type of bread, not the miracle of the loaves and fish talked about earlier in the same chapter, but the miracle of Jesus himself when we experience transformation. In Seeking God by Reverend Trevor Hudson, he writes of how it seemed his life was separated into spiritual and unspiritual compartments. When he began to look at things differently until the split in his spirituality was healed and there was no part in his life where God was not present and active. When we are open, we have experiences like so many of us had last month when Amy joined 150 volunteers and me to clean raised garden beds, build a hoop house and a storage shed, prepare other beds for planting, and do so much more to increase the bounty of the Oak Forest Community Garden by 50% through a grant we received. Throughout the day, I asked people, why did you come today? And most expressed some variation of the need for spiritual nourishment and connection to something greater than themselves. God was present. And I'd like to leave you with the wisdom of a young boy, an elementary school student, who when given his first backpack with food by the school counselor, pulled out the two apples, put one on the desk by the counselor. She smiled, acknowledged it, but as she asked him to pack them back up, she saw his smile fade. He began to speak, and she realized what was happening. He told her he'd never had anything to share before. I want you to have this apple, he said. Who could have known that this apple would have given this child so much hope? 
so much spiritual nourishment. Our lives don't have to be compartmentalized into the spiritual and the non-spiritual. As we celebrate this day of thanksgiving, we share the bounty, we acknowledge we have justice work to do, and let us be abundantly grateful for the transformational power of the gospel in the world. Thank you.